0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: I'm just saying, you know, embrace yourself. I'm saying to embrace your upsets. Don't walk away from them. Don't stuff them down. Those are great learning uh, tools, and they are on the way. They're not in the way. Everything that happens is on the way for you. It's never in the way. It looks like it's in the way, but what we think is in the way is really on the way.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, I'm back at you this week. My guest, Mark Tassoni. I'm telling you what, guys. This guy brings decades of experience. And in multiple industries, security as well as solar, and, and he even talks about kind of almost like it's no big deal, his side real estate stuff that would probably be considered full-time for almost anybody else. This guy is an absolute king of the business. You know I only bring you kings, but this guy is a good one. Super high performer, doing tens of millions in the business. Love everything about this show. Grab that pen and paper. It's coming to you. All right, everybody. Chaz Wolf, I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. Mark is, is live with us on the stage. Thanks for, thanks for coming to the show, man.
1: So excited, so excited.
0: You know, we were just chatting right before uh, we hit the record button here, and I didn't tell you this, um, but there's so many things that you just shared with me that I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> that are already aligning uh, things that I've done, wanted to do, um, you know, been a part of, like, this is going to be a really, really fun show. So first off, Mark, tell us what kind of business that you're in now. I know you've been in several, but let's, let's talk about where you are now.
1: Yeah, my primary business is solar. Uh, four years ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine in the alarm systems business. That's where we come from, and uh, we were looking to get out of it because of the financial models had shifted, and uh, we were looking to do something different. He called me up. He said, "I got a young guy in uh, St. Pete, Florida, who started a solar company, and he wants to sail, uh, You know, he wants to scale it. And so, would you be open to a conversation?" I said, "Yes." He had five employees doing eight hundred thousand dollars a year in sales. We had a conversation and he's a really, really sharp, sharp guy. Uh, Today, he's my partner. He's only 33 years old, um, but super, super sharp. And uh, we've been able to take the company from there to about 175 employees and uh, doing over 50 million a year in sales. And uh, our big accomplishment last year was hitting 5,000 at number 14 for 2021. So we were pretty psyched about that.
0: Yeah, uh, amazing.
1: continue Continue to grow it and scale it. Well,
0: congratulations on that. That's a big deal, and uh, I'm sure that uh, the the listener just perked up. Um, I always g- like to give that moment in the beginning of the the show just to just to establish your authority, because obviously as an eight figure business owner, but more than that, you've come from multiple other businesses, and then I know that you've got uh, uh, what you call a side hustle of of real estate, but uh, it's no side hustle uh, to be compared. So, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into all of that, but you know, at this stage in the game, in essence, you kind of picked up the project, not because you had to, but because you wanted to, that was a, that's what it sounded like. That was your decision. And even from our conversation off air, it was, you wanted to press into something that was um, life-giving and that's kind of how you're designed. But at this stage, why? Why do you keep pushing? Is it just because you're designed that way, or is it because you just want fifty million bucks? Or
1: what no, is that, it? that? That's such a great question. That's such a great question. There is something inside of me, um, and I presume you know our values come from our voids. And uh, so, as a kid, uh, some of those voids were money and sure. not being able to have the things I wanted. So there's this uh, insatiable drive. I presume I'll always be in business in some way, shape or form. And uh, there's just this drive. What I've noticed about myself is regardless of how much money I earn or generate, I'm not really a big spender. My wife is, you know, she's Mm -hmm. buying my kids Gucci shoes and stuff, but uh, (laughs) we live in a beautiful home, but you know, like I'm just a really, really simple guy. Money, money makes you more who you are. I really believe that. And for me, I'm just a simple guy at my core, but I keep going. It's like, you know, I come from like sort of immigrant Italian roots. Sure. And so that work ethic got instilled when I was really young. I started working at, you know, like 12 years old. And um, I just wanted to like make my my parents proud and just like do something legit, you know. And then you get doing it and for me, I just keep going. I just keep buying more real estate. And just like every chance I get, I'm just moving it. So yeah,
0: yeah, I love I love the hunger piece. And you kind of been, even mentioned that off air, and not a not a selfishness of grabbing all that you can, but a hunger of like, I'm made for more. And I think that there's a big mindset shift there from selfishness to actually, in order to help others, I need to play the cards right, and, and that's what we talk about, you know, being a king and being a king in business. And we kind of were just talking about that as well. But you can't help your wife, your kids, your your employees, your 175 employees that are now part of the team that weren't part of the team before. Um, they get to be part of it because of the things that you put your neck out on the line for. So that's exciting. Okay. So obviously, you've got a journey here of multiple businesses and you've sold or you've done exits along the way or you've gotten out of industries. You've been keeping your real estate along the way. I'm curious. Um, we try to go into... Like decisions. So, the, the person listening here, six figures, trying to get to the seven figure mark, you know, 9% or less of all businesses do seven figures. So, that's who we're talking to. And along the journey for you, what do you think helped you make good decisions? And then I'm going to ask you for a good decision. So, what, what's your process of making good decisions?
1: Okay. So, for starters, the first five years of my life were an, or a business life, sales life where it was an insane struggle. Um, it got to the point at, right about age 25, that I was contemplating doing something illegal. I come from a place where that would not have been a far stretch. We grew up with a lot of kids who went down the wrong road. And I was actually contemplating that. That's how bad it got. I needed money. I couldn't get money. I wasn't that great at sales naturally. And I had to actually work harder to be good at sales than most people, uh, which in hindsight turned out to be a real gift. But at the end of the day, I was sort of praying quietly in my own way, like literally asking God, send me somebody. I feel like I need somebody to help me. 25 years old, he sends me a a mentor in an industry that I absolutely fell in love with, which was the alarm systems business. And my life just changed forever. So my decision-making process, even to this day, is I surround myself around very wise counselors, younger and older my primary business partner is a lot younger than me. He could be my son. Uh, And I wanted that. I desired that. I I consciously created that because I wanted someone who was more connected online, who thought. And so I just surround myself around a a lot of wise counselors. I have a business coach who um, he scaled his company to 200 million with 1000 employees.
0: Wow.
1: Um, I have real estate people counseling me who, you know, know how to do syndicates and this type of thing. I have personal development people surrounding me. I know one of your questions coming up, so I'll save it is how much you spend on personal development. But (laughs) a long story short, to answer it, I surround myself around a a lot of very, very bright people. And I'm really, really like open-minded to possibility. One of my close friends, um, who I'll likely refer to you, he uh, travels the world with Tony Robbins. And uh, nice. Mike and I, we've been friends since 1992. His name is Mike Melio. If you YouTube him, you'll, you'll see he speaks on stage with Tony all the time. And Mike is, he's very wealthy. He's extremely successful. He is the most humble guy I have ever met. One time he's on his way to do Pierce Morgan at CNN. Yep. And he's going to meet Tony Robbins to do the Pierce Morgan interview. Sure. And he, he's calling me saying, what do I do? And I'm and I'm and I'm saying to him, Mike, why don't you call Tony? Maybe he'll tell you what to do. You know, but right. he, he's so open-minded and pliable, and I've really, really learned that from him and watched his ascent and, and been right next to him. You know, I wasn't with him when he was homeless. I was with him at about the two hundred fifty thousand a year marker, um, but I've been with him on the ascent ever since then. And he's, you know, he's probably worth over fifty million dollars, maybe even more. Yeah. but you know long story short it's just you gotta surround yourself around wise counselors that that's my answer for that
0: yeah i love it it's like you pulled that out of a proverbs or something <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's flip the coin on it mark and let's talk about well actually you you kind of gave us you gave us several examples there before i flip over the coin um you gave us how you make good decisions give us an example of a good decision that was made along the way that particularly if you can helped you get to seven figures.
1: Okay. So the, well, this is, this is interesting because there is another piece to it, which I would call intuition. And, um, so I found myself in the office one day of a, of a gentleman named Mike who became my mentor, Mike mentored, Mike Melio and me. Mm, So we were both mentored from the same, same gentleman. Sure. And, uh, He he says, see that box over there? And I'm like, yeah, what you know, what the heck is it? I'm 25 years old. I don't, it's this little box, you know. He's like, that's a barometric alarm system. And I just sold three of them. And he's like, How would you like to join me in a venture in the alarm business? He saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And without any thought, this is going back then, without any thought, I was like, let's do it, you know? And so sometimes my decision-making process is very intuitive. Like at that early stage in life, it was purely an intuitive thing. Like this is the way to go. I knew it, I felt it and I ran with it. So there's kind of the the two sides to that. So, you know, there's the seeking advice and counsel. And I also want to add at that age, I didn't seek advice. So I, I would like to say that, you know, God's hand was kind of in my life at that point. Because I needed that intervention. And had I not got it, I, I don't know where I would have wound up. I really don't. I think it would have been messy. But at that point in time, I never listened to anybody. You know, like if you told me left, I'd go right just just to go right. Just because like I, I was so <laughs> rebellious back then and never listened to my father. My father um was a very, very smart guy, but he wasn't an entrepreneur. He was afraid to make investments. And I I kind of saw that as weak. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not gonna be like him. He had his PhD and he was smart and all that, but I'm like, I'm not going to be like the, like him. I'm going to be rich. So like, if he said, go this way, I was going the other way. Right. And, uh, but you know, you get smacked around a little bit and then you learn to start to seek the wise counsel.
0: That's so. right. That's right. That's so good. And, and relatable to, I mean, uh, I can only imagine the guys and gals listening right now that are, you know, in the twenties, thirties, even forties, like it's not like it's too late to start a business and try to get to seven figures. And so what I'm hearing you say is not only wise counsel, but We all have ego. Oh my goodness. We all have ego. And whether it takes you two months or two years or 20 years to realize that you won't have all the answers, I did the same thing for many years. And I was multiple seven figures, even like it didn't stop me from getting to seven figures, but it it stopped me from growing past that because I just sheer just grunt, effort, work, just make it happen. It wasn't gonna stop me. But man, my mindset around thinking that I kind of had it all already has limited my thinking. Many, many times. And so I'm hearing what you're saying. The listeners are writing it down. Let's flip the coin and go over to the bad, the bad decision. Uh, any, anything specific that, that held you back that um, would just be something that you would clear away if you could go back and hit the delete button?
1: I think the, the bad decisions I've made in life, even up to recently, I fell into a little bit of a business trap. Most of those decisions have been based on fear, but I wasn't fully aware I was in fear. Sure. Or, so good. or somehow greed slipped in. And the one that happened recently was so we're in solar and we we were subbing out roofs. Yeah. And so we're like, you know, before you know it, we're doing 15 roofs a week. We're like, why don't we just take this on ourselves? And which we did. And uh, you know, got the license that we took on the roofing. So we so we have a roofing company also. But the guy we took it out with, he's like, let's do commercial roofing. And, and that totally put us in a different trajectory. We knew nothing about it. And he's like, we could do 100 million a year. He kind of got us on that greed button. And I learned a really, really valuable lesson for it. And it got, it got messy. And uh, I was the partner that kind of pulled us out of commercial roofing. We have no business being in there. We are the kings of the kitchen table. That's where we belong. That's what we are great at. That's what we do. We got no business being over there. Um, and it it got really painful so I would say from fear making a decision from fear uh, but a lot of times you're unaware when that's happening because your brain we got this little thing back here um, we got a lot of names for it in my camp we call it the trickster the (laughs) mental midget we call it the um, the drunk monkey like we, Uh we got a lot of names for it but it's basically the amygdala part of the brain and When that thing is in fear, it's, you know, it's triggering you, it's triggering you. And if if you're lacking money or something, a lot of times you'll make a decision for that. So in my coaching, I teach people to get aligned on two things, primarily, first and foremost, number one are their values. And number two is their mission. And if you're more spiritually oriented, you could forward slash the mission to ministry because it's really the same thing. And so- Long story short, I help them get aligned with that. Because once you're on your values and on your mission, you're not going to go off. And so for me, I've literally retooled over the last six months. I've retooled my values and my mission again, updated them. And I'm just kind of waiting for, you know, the enemy or the tempter or whatever you want to call that. Yep. to come in and offer me some kind of business deal so I could just walk <laughs> away from it, you
0: know? <laughs> to comment about walking away, like that's the, the best leverage to have in any negotiation is the ability to walk away. So um, I loved how you worded basically empowering yourself with the tools to be able to walk away from any, maybe uh, negative or greed or bad, wrong decision or temptation, I guess is probably the right word, by arming yourself with the two things. You said you got to align yourself with values and then also your mission. And if you know who you are, we can, we, can, we can float the word identity in there. I use the word identity in business all the time. And so if you know who you are. And to your point, if you're spiritually focused, if you know whose you are, if you know how you're designed, then that then guides how you operate and make decisions. It also determines or helps you determine kind of what it is that you want, which then from that place, you make good decisions. Um, outside of just like, you know, fumbling around in business, like we all do. Was there a moment in time for you that was just like, okay, this is I need I need my values and my mission? Or was it just kind of like over time, you, you, you've you've built this, this structure?
1: The mission, it was interesting, when I when I got connected with Mike, my mentor, we built a multi-million dollar alarm company. We had over 100 employees. I was young. I was probably turning 26. And at the time, this is going back into the early, early 90s, just like 91, 92. We were doing like $8 million a year in sales, which today sounds like a joke. But back then, it was like decent numbers, you know? Yeah. And we were doing 200 accounts a month. So we were bringing on these alarm accounts that paid $25 a month. And on a five-year contract. So that in itself, over a three-year period of time, made us multi-multi-millionaires because of the account base, right? right, right. So three years went forward. And our main distributor, which happened to be AT&T at the time, AT&T uh, was a manufacturer of alarm systems. So we could tell a market back in the day. And we could call up, I'm calling on behalf of AT&T security. Everybody knew AT&T back then. And then we would offer them a little – I'm totally dating myself here. These young guys, they're going to be laughing. But uh, we would offer them an AT&T discount card. Yeah. And we just want to come out and introduce the system to you and show it to you and wait till you see it. You're going to love it. And so we we would go through all that and get the appointment. We were just racking appointments up. So we built this big thing. AT&T pulls out. We were not sophisticated. We knew how to sell. We did not know about – a business. We knew yeah. how to sell our brains out. Telemarket, get in the house, get the deal. That's yeah, what we were Nothing there.
0: to do with technology, no actual alarm systems. It was just sell the product.
1: We were just good at that. So AT&T pulls out of it. We lost the name. When we lost the name, we also kind of, we tried to recoup our vision, but we lost our vision, ultimately lost the company. And so it was in that time when I lost that company, that Valley. Here I am. I'm in the best neighborhood where I'm from, like predominantly Jewish. I got a vowel on the end of my name. The, the people are coming over, asking my ex-wife, like, what does he do for a living? You know, they're, they're right. curious. She's like, he sells alarms and he's really good at it, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but it was in that valley. I was out in front of my house. And in those days, I would always do things to hurt myself. Something went wrong in my life. I would smoke cigarettes. I would drink uh, and do even other stupid things. But I'm out there smoking and, and talking to God. and you know, asking them what happened and how did this happen? And I literally got like a message that I thought I was God. So talk about the ego. That's, that's the, that's the downside of making money too fast. Yeah, And that's what happened to me. I was making, you know, like serious money and, you know, became a millionaire and just like thought I was all that. And and it just went to my head. So I got that message from God, but most importantly, I was left with three questions. What the heck just happened? Yeah. How do I prevent that from ever happening again, as long as I freaking live in this life and yeah. what do I got to do to get it back? And then some, yeah. and I became obsessed with those three questions to this day. I still live on those three questions and the, how to get it back and then some and how to prevent it yeah. has just obsessed me with mindset and, and what I call heart set in spirituality yeah, yeah. and flow and the brain and wiring it's totally obsessed me because it was so painful for me to go through that i'm not a female so i don't know what it's like to lose a baby but for the men in here who've built a business and you've lost a business
0: yeah i
1: think that's about the close i think men are getting not close like a baby but that's yeah, our experience that's, of losing a baby. That's the
0: closest thing we can come to, which is still like eons away.
1: <laughs> yeah, eons away. But that was my baby and I lost it. and It, it literally took me 20 years to totally like process and realign that, that situation that happened to me. I remember my mentor saying I was so depressed and I came from a family of mental illness. So depression and hurting yourself, th- these were like go-to protocols for me. Right. And, and I called him up. I can't believe it. We screwed this up, yada yada, yada. And he goes, This is Mike, the mentor of me and Mike Melio. Right. I still got money in a bank. He's flat broke. And I'm <laughs> buying real estate. He's totally flat broke. He goes, Um, you know, everybody should fail as bad as we just did. And I was oh, yeah. like, <laughs> So I had like great people always put <laughs> things in perspective for me. Yeah. And I've been so blessed to like just have so many great thinkers around me because yeah. I can tell you if I was just left to my own devices and left to that little trickster mechanism in the back of my brain yeah it just wouldn't have been pretty
0: yeah it's so, a downward spiral uh left to most of our own devices and so I, I love that perspective of you you fail you fall and sometimes it hurts really really bad and then the response from a good dad or a good mentor or whoever you have speaking into your life you know I was using the example example of falling you skinning your knee as a kid or whatever but the response is good, good. Now, let's get up, let's dust it off. And, and let's do it again. Because now you know what it feels like to to skin the knee or to, to, to go down and the lessons that you pulled away from, which is, you know, how do I prevent that? I remember, I don't share too, too much for my story on these shows. But man, it makes me think of my first Valentine's Day, I had, you know, edible arrangements was my first business, my first legit, uh, you know, at 24 years old, I bought my first store. A couple of weeks later was Mother's Day. And that like, smacked me in the face, but I didn't know really what it was. And about a year later, I had two locations and it was my first Valentine's day. And I had no idea what Valentine's day was for edible arrangements and how many thousands of pounds of strawberries we were going to dip in chocolate. And, um, the way I felt afterwards was how you just described. And it was like the most successful holiday. i had made a ton of money. You know, the businesses were doing good. Like everything was good. It wasn't even like a failure, quote unquote, but man, I felt like I got my face kicked in. And I said to myself, I need to make sure that never, ever, ever happens again. And so it's not even fear. It's just like this fuel on the inside of us of going, okay, I'm so thankful for that, but that's never happened again. <laughs> yep. And so tell us like from that moment, like what, what how has that burned you forward um, with, with the other uh, endeavors, real estate or, or now solar? Like, is that yeah. just like constantly playing in the back of your mind?
1: It's funny, Mike Melia and I talk about this a lot. And he says that every year I ask him the same question. What's your secret, Mike? What's your secret? And um, he'll tell me fear motivates him. And a lot of people say fear is bad. And I think it, I think it serves. And I'm not here to ignore it. I'm here to listen to it. True. And um, it, it's motivated me. I don't ever want to go back to that place. I don't ever want to have to live through that again. And so I'm going to use every available resource I have, spiritually, coaches, friends, you know, uh, accountants, CFOs, I'm using, every, I'm bringing in the, the whole infantry to to help me. Yeah. And uh, so I don't ever have to like live through that experience again. So I think those defining moments in life, when when you have a good uh, dose of pain, if you're a fighter, uh, and I think that was my saving grace, I came up fighting, I played hockey my whole life. I came from a neighborhood where you had to fight. Yeah, And so- So when, when, when things kicked in, it was like, you know, let's go, let's put them up and do it. So I had that, that inner fight within me as well to to strike back, but it doesn't alleviate the psychological pain we go through. We got to process those moments, those upsets. Um, In my coaching, Chaz, what I do is I essentially teach people the way the brain works is when we have a trauma and it could be anything, it could be, being picked last for basketball in the third grade. It could be liking a girl and she rejected you or vice versa. Could be anything. We first suppress it. And then later on in life, if you I call it, I, I coined this term called matrix acuity. And yeah, so yeah. you look at your matrix, your world. Yeah. And in that case, there in my world, I just lost a business, right? Right. You feed that back because something is coming up in the unconscious to clear. And so I would just recommend to anybody listening to this, don't ignore those moments because you cannot stuff beach balls under the water and hold them there for very long. Right. And eventually these upsets come up and they come up to clear. And when you clear them, you you reach a new point of what I like to call neutrality. And when you're in neutrality, you're not polarized to one side or the other. Um, I love to point to Jesus on this one here, here's a man on a cross, right? Yeah. You know, he didn't get shot. Like that would have been easy. Right. Right. He's getting nailed to a cross and he says, forgive them father, for they know not what they do. So a dying man's words, there's gotta be a lot of truth to it. He's neutral, right? He's (laughs) neutral to his enemy. So in personal development, I like to, I like to go like debunk a lot of personal development stuff because I think that there's a lot of this thing around positive thinking. You gotta be positive. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. They asked his wife, why did he write the book? He's in a seminar one day. They asked him, Why'd you write the book? Or right. the wife. Yeah. The wife says he's the most negative guy around. And so I share this with you because to me, I think of myself as an accurate thinker. And I'm an accurate thinker because I think positive and I think negative. The balance That's- of the two. Becomes accurate. So negative thinking has its place. It's your brain trying to protect you. But you got to understand what it's saying. You got to learn to interpret the language of what it's saying. And don't get me wrong, the bulk of my, if you were to crawl in my head today, uh, you'd really like the conversation. We multiply (laughs) billions, money, money comes to me, you know, like everything I touch turns to gold. It's a really nice conversation. If you got me in my 20s, it was like a ping-pong game, you know, back and forth, back and forth. I'm just saying, you know, embrace yourself. I'm saying to embrace your upsets. Don't walk away from them. Don't stuff them down. Those are great learning uh, tools and they are on the way. They're not in the way. Everything that happens is on the way for you. It's never in the way. It looks like it's in the way, but what we think is in the way is really on the way.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, if I could just hit the pause button in real time and play back. What you just said, I think that that could be like, um, uh, like just a hit on repeat and just play it and listen to it in my sleep. Listen to, you know, just 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 soak in in, in all of that. So I genuinely hope the listener does that, um, because I think that even though it's so funny, I, I mentioned this on a couple of shows ago that a lot of success principles feel you know cheesy or been around for a long time. I've oh I've heard that before, you know, that type of a feeling, but they're timeless for a reason and especially if you know like how and where they came from specifically um and so i just think that you've given us i mean we could hit the end button and i could i could be a happy man for the rest of the day knowing that i interviewed you today so it's just been incredible i'm going to switch over to the speed round for us and we're going to get some some more practicals uh coming coming out of your your experience here but you've been in different industries and then even in real estate and so i know i know that you've got a bunch going on like how to track and so my my question is what metric if you could boil it all down to one would you track? And, and I'm actually curious, my secondary question that I'm already going to ask you is, is that different for you with your real estate investments than it would be inside your business? And if so, what is it?
1: Okay, so to answer the question, yes, it's different at this moment. Okay. Um, and the reason it's different is because I have leverage. I have a really, really good partner. So okay. the main metric for my business is the P&L.
0: Okay. And so, so what are you looking for on the P&L? There's so much information on there.
1: We're looking for, you know, lead cost. We're looking at our sales cost. We're looking at cost of goods. We're looking at insurances. Sure. Um, we're looking at, you know, uh, vehicle fleet. We're looking at expenses. Really dialing in on every number because when you're running a business, if you're in sales, your PL is merely your weekly leads, yeah. uh, demos. Comparison How, many, ratio? How <laughs> many did you close? How yep. many actually got installed or delivered or whatever that is for you and were approved and you got paid on? That's your PL. Yep. When you're running a business, that L is a bigger thing, but you're still measuring the metrics. So um, we measure that and we meet we meet with our CFO like every week. And so we're constantly looking at these things so that you can get sometimes tenths of a percent uh, improvements. Sometimes a half of a percent, sometimes one, sometimes three. So, if you get a half a percent in a lot of different areas, you can improve your bottom line profit. So, we're always looking at that, tweaking it. So, that's my main metric. Uh, On the real estate side, I, I do happen to have an amazing partner, and I do something very different in real estate than most people do. I've been investing in real estate for actively for 14 years. I started when I was in my 20s, I had a big failure. And this was the time when the, that company failed. I also had a real estate failure at that time. Wow. And, um, I got out of it for 12 years. And that's one of my great regrets because time is everything when it comes to real estate. But long story short, I don't take profits from my real estate at this point. So sure. our money is going back into the business and we buy new stuff. That's it. We buy new stuff. We improve. We rehab. We up level rents and my real estate partner's on board with it. We're, we're both doing the same thing, and um, yeah. I'm not Grant Cardone, but we've got 250 thousand a month in rents, so yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty good. So
0: that's awesome. I, I so um, just appreciate your perspective there, especially on the real estate side, because we haven't interviewed a bunch of uh, folks in real estate, but in your position specifically, I just relate so much because that's what I've done. I've got several businesses, but then you know the 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 behind the scenes legacy play is just shuffle, 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 shuffle to the side, buy real estate, buy real estate, buy real estate. And sometimes I've known what I have do what I was doing. Sometimes it was a, a good play. Sometimes it was a bad play, but it was just buy another piece of real estate. Just go and buy, go and buy, go and buy. Oh, we got money. Great. Go buy another one. Go buy another <laughs> Oh, we've got, we've got, uh, we've got, we've got, um, there's equity in the property. Okay. Let's do a cash out refi and go buy another one. You know, like yeah. buy, buy, buy. And, and I think that you're right when you say that time is everything, but I think that you're an amazing example of, only 14 years ago, and like it's the, the coined phrase of like the best time to buy uh, real estate is now. Yep. So um, it doesn't matter the market. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter the income that you have. Like you just, like if that's a play that you think that you need to play, then then you just got to get started.
1: Chaz, one, one thing I'd like to share with you, I learned from, I was very fortunate to work with, um, in the alarm business, myself and one of my current partners, we worked with a man in the alarm business. He was worth $400 million. And we learned a lot from him painfully. He was a very tough guy, really difficult teacher. And he was our money guy. Mm. So we dealt with him like, you know, every single day for years. But I watched what he did in that alarm business. When we were young, we were all making money. 500,000, 700,000 million. We were killing it. Young, just young kids making tons of money. Porsche, Jaguars, you know, Mercedes, Mm -hmm. like all that stuff. This guy's driving around in an Acura freaking legend. If you guys remember that car. Oh, I remember that car. (laughs) And then he went from that to like a Chevy pickup truck. And we're like, what is he doing? Delayed gratification. So this is the hardest lesson. And I want to just tune into this for a moment because it's so important. Your amygdala part of your brain will never, ever go long-term delayed gratification. Your prefrontal cortex will go go gl- delayed gratification. This prefrontal cortex has your best, highest version of you in mind. This amygdala part of your brain has the same, same old, simple, just get by version of you in mind. Whisper,
0: so whisper, whisper.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're being dictated by this, which I was for years, I didn't know how to do the delayed gratification thing. My kids, yeah. I, I have a 12-year-old, 9-year-old boy. I also have older girls. But the, the boys who are coming up right now, like I'm teaching them these things every single day. The yeah. Delayed gratification is the key because what I've been able to do in real estate is just multiply this portfolio. So when the day comes, which is coming soon, where I just say, OK, you know, cash flow time, it's big money, but yeah. it's all been because we've been putting it back in. And a lot of people don't teach us that. And I'm so grateful that I got to learn that from a a really, really tough teacher, just observing him and watching how he created his wealth. Yeah, and So I modeled that. So I made my money in business, yep. dump it in real estate. Don't even think about money. Just think about adding value. Just create yep. value in real estate, value, 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 make my money, live off my money. The extra goes into real estate, simple one, two formula, and it works.
0: It does. It works. It for sure does. I can attest to that. Um, okay, what book would you recommend that a six-figure earner or a business owner read to try to get to that seven figure mark?
1: Yeah, so I was thinking about this. If if it were a business person, um, emoth. If it's somebody, you know, who's in business. If it's got to do with sales, there's so many books out there, you know, on the sales side. But I think if if you're climbing, I, I would be looking at two things um on the sales side. I'd be looking at the mindset of sales. And I have a myriad of people I work with. Um, I would actually read my book coming out with Ben Gay, the you know, master the closer's mindset. Like I've been in this mindset game for a long time. But on the sales side, you know, for me, there were a couple books that were very, very impactful. Um, so I like to, I'm really into ninja style selling, but it's gotta be done with, you know, integrity and authenticity. And uh, so the the main book I read that that got me on a real track with, back in the day was called Unlimited Selling Power. And much of it is very relevant today. It's by a guy named Dr. Donald Moyne. And he was the first person to sort of uh, move NLP into the sales space back sure. in, the, in the 80s. That book was really, really profound for me. I have another book coming out. And I'm partial to my own stuff because I'm a good study. <laughs> and it's called the no it's called the no close close. And it's just about done. You can actually view it on, on the nocloseclose.com, but it's not quite done yet. So Love it. But this yeah. one, I teach a dialogue-based uh, process, which I call guard down selling. And in today's environment, the customer is really, really um, smart. They have yeah. access to information. So you gotta be operating from pure intent and your process shouldn't be pitchy. Like, you know, shotgunning, boom, 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 or machine gunning. It should be more dialogue, Socratic, questions, pulling the questions out. Right. And, a lot, and you're, you're a facilitator, steering people to the conclusion, steering them to understand. I, I was raised Catholic, so I use the term make the confession. Let them make the confession that they need it. Let them see for themselves where their pain is. Help them see where the pain is, and then help them see where you can solve it. And so the only other sales tra- trainer I would mention today who, who I feel uh, with respect is the best in the game is uh, Jeremy Miner. And uh, so I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah, of uh, course. To, to me, he's the best in the game. And um, you know, when I look at what he does, I literally was writing concepts. in the first book I wrote, Sell Like Crazy Without Going Insane, I wrote this book in 1998. And I was talking about things like dry your fangs, you know, like just silly concepts. And, but I was already understanding that people, I had this intuitive sense just from being in the house so much, you know, doing demos. And I had this intuitive sense that, that questioning just worked better. Like go in there with greed, you're going to get smacked around. And that was, you know, 25 years ago today, it's worse than ever. Oh yeah. Go in with greed and you're just looking for yourself it's not going to work again when you're amygdala based you're about yourself when you're prefrontal cortex based when you learn the process how to move your consciousness your energy from back here to up here over here you're more likely to search over here it's more about you sure you're not going to get away with that as much in today's day and age because yeah. people are very skeptical today you know
0: Yeah. And and at the six figure mark, what I'm hearing you say, I mean, obviously you gave tons of book recommendations more than anything. What I heard you say is you need to get good at
1: sales.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, I think that that's uh, the overall arching message there. So that's great. Two questions kind of in one, do you intentionally network and mastermind uh, with other entrepreneurs? And then you mentioned earlier that sometimes I'd like to ask, uh, do you ever like, what's your budget or do you spend money on personal development? So I'll kind of put those things together. Do you, do you mastermind and do I you do. spend money on it or other personal development?
1: I do. And I, I do it primarily virtually at the moment, only because of time. Um, sure. Yep. I'm, I'm super, super busy, but I have been involved in many programs through the years. I did uh, Dan Kennedy's uh, strategic coach. I used to go to Canada for that. I don't have yeah. time to go to Canada for that anymore. I got soccer and um, <laughs> moving, moving tie for my kids and jujitsu. Yeah. Last year, I spent $125,000 on coaches. Yeah, love it. So I am not shy with coaching. I am always coached at all times. Um, I believe that the the higher you go, as you hit new, somebody said, I love this saying, new levels, new devils. And when you hit new levels, it's like you vacuum up um, things that are in the mind and things that don't necessarily want you going to the next level. as you go to next levels, I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, investing in uh, coaching. Masterminds, I'm involved in different groups at the moment, but they're, they're virtual.
0: Sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, makes a lot of sense for today. Um, okay, last question. You ready? Yep. Mark, if you lost it all, what would you do?
1: I knew you were going to ask that. I would dust my briefcase off and I would go sell. Just go sell. And everything would work its way out, just the way it worked its way out to this point, and would work its way out all over again. Yeah, it all starts with sales, and that's exactly it.
0: Does it, it does, and and action? Because you said the first thing is dust off. Don't 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 sit back. Dust off and, and go. I had I had a uh, um, uh, meeting this morning with one of my clients actually, but we were talking about you know he's got some friends and I've got some friends that kind of say the same things, which is you know oh man, like every time I turn around there's there's another thing that you're doing or another success that you've had you know, everything you turn turns to gold or everything you touch turns to gold. And my response to a lot of those people is, no, I'm just touching a lot, you know, like <laughs> just because you don't see all the things that don't turn to gold. I just, I'm just, I'm just doing more. Um, and so I love that, that action place that you just took us. So Mark, if, if someone connected with you today, they want to get coached by you. They want to just connect with you. They want to do a real estate deal with you. I don't know what there is. They want to buy your book. How do they find you uh, website, social media? What what you got?
1: The books, they could go to Amazon. All my books are on Amazon. Uh, Social media is everything's at Mark to coach. And then of course, Mark which at the moment is down, but it will be up here in probably the next 10 days. We're redoing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put the, we'll put some links and slash your name and stuff in the, in the comments. And so you can always just click there and find his stuff, uh, of course, but Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure for you to be on the show here and thank you for just, Serving, You talked a lot about that and, and giving back, and that's really what a king does. And so we just so thank you for your time and being able to pour into us today. Really appreciate it. Glad to be here. It was amazing. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next